This is an ABC podcast. Live cattle exports from the Port of Darwin this year are off to a really slow start. After a busy December, there's been only 40,000 head exported in the first quarter, which is down 33% on the same period last year. And it's down 43% over the five-year average. Another key point this year is that all cattle exported from Darwin have gone to the one destination, and that's Indonesia. Tom Dawkins is the chief executive of the NT Livestock Exporters Association. I asked for his summary of the first quarter. It's been a slow start to the year historically. It's it's continued to be um, a period of limited supply, I think, the numbers that have gone from Darwin this uh, this wet season um, have have been just about all sort of NT sourced. We will start to to cast our eye further afield into state as we, as we often do in, into the dry season. But it's been pretty localised supply and uh, and quite constrained as you'd expect. And so far this year, all of the cattle have gone to Indonesia. There hasn't been a shipment of cattle to Vietnam from Darwin since September. Now, what's gone wrong with that market? I think Vietnam's a a market that probably has less capacity to absorb high prices and, and to trade through difficulty. The likes of Vietnam, which tends to take a heavier animal that's uh, on a shorter feeding basis um, then that's that's clearly not been a a profitable concern at the moment and so that trade's almost gone into hiatus for um, as far as northern australia has been concerned for for a number of months notwithstanding um uh, one or two shipments i think from from townsville but um, and what does this mean for nt cattle producers who have heavier male cattle and wanting to sell well I think we will see as we're moving from one part of our season to into the dry, we'll start to see potentially some of the markets for live export that do take um, some of the heavier animals. So that is Vietnam and, and to, to an extent the Philippines, Malaysia, etc. Um, th- those options might, might open up. We'll see what the price point is like. Uh, it's fair to say also that Indonesia has that Indonesian trade has has opened up its specs to an extent. It's still a, a pretty true feeder feeder type animal. That, right, that there's heavier stuff for. going in there though. There there is some uh, you know a bigger range of animals just to find a you know a more agreeable price point. So that's been some some heavier animals, um, and and some you know some cows, um, and, and and large numbers of of buffalo as well. How worried is the NTLEA about cattle supply in the second half of this year? I think the the logic is that a lot of the cattle that would be shipped this year were sold last year. So that is a concern. We're keeping an eye on the way the season has, the wet season has finished up and the availability of cattle that will be brought forward from, from mustering, which is, uh, has commenced We've got significant hurdles ahead of us, but it's a trade that has tended to exist in various degrees of difficulty and adversity. And it's not for the faint-hearted, and we've got some 
you know, significant long-term partnerships into you know our major market. Indonesia's sort of historically you know, 80% of, of what we do in, in recent times. So you know, through adversity and through difficult trading conditions, there's there's businesses here and uh, and in Indonesia that you know that are willing to persevere um, through through short-term difficulties for you know for for a longer-term vision. That's Tom Dawkins, who is the chief executive of the NT Livestock Exporters Association. At a conference in Darwin, I spoke to live exporters Patrick Underwood and Tom Slaughter. They said finding enough cattle for export this year, especially in the back half, was shaping up to be a really big challenge. Already in the Territory in the last 12 months, we've seen so many cattle that would ordinarily be available for for a live export going out of the Territory, going south, going out as weaners. A lot of people are into the calf pen. Um, Such big money from the restockers and and, and feedlotters in eastern Australia that, that are frankly out-competing live export, particularly on, on younger animals. Now, that's going to be exacerbated a lot by what's going to be, unfortunately, a, a, a light wet season and a, and a short end to the wet season. So we're going to see a lot of cattle coming on the market in the next two or three months. That's very good for us for the next two or three months. It will almost certainly see the price come back, as it always does. But we're going to be very short of cattle in the back end of the year, hugely short. Like, I think people will sell cattle through May, June, some of July, but after that we're just not sure. So that's that's one issue. Now, the, what that has resulted in is extremely high prices. So I think if you asked anyone here whether you'd see $5 Darwin in, in December, it would have been like, absolutely not, never going to happen, no one can afford to pay it. And then we all, we all sort of were made to look like idiots about a month later when it's surged through $5, heading towards $5.50. But it really has had a really devastating effect on our live export businesses and our and our customers but but again one for supply we simply can't fill ships at the moment um, sharing a lot of ships um, sending part shipments um, but we've it's affected all our markets Indonesia's been the most resilient it's managed to sort of battle its way through but the secondary markets that we go into like the Philippines Malaysia um, Brunei and, and Vietnam especially are really really cut back and hardly imported any cattle. So with the supply story unlikely to change much in the next 12, 18 months, Tom Slaughter, how sustainable are these prices for those customers, especially Indonesia? Yeah, so, yeah, it's challenging. I mean, we've already seen, um, you know, with the Vietnam market, that's really tightened immensely. Um, and, and there's been a you know a drop in demand in beef in that market, just um, largely through the COVID period. Um, but it's also meant that other other origins have started participating. Um, uh, Brazil's done a shipment in there, as we've seen in the media. Um, so that that is also a risk for Indonesia. Um, to our talk there is, has been talk about Brazil or, or Mexico or some other origin. Um, so which obviously is a lot further to go from those regions. But it just you know with the immense amount of pressure in the market, we've seen. Recently, butchers protesting, um, you know, striking around beef prices in Indonesia. So, it, you know, they're, they're, they're shaking. at the, the system's shaking, basically, so we're under pressure. Do you feel there's a price per kilo where everyone has a bit of a win in the live export trade? Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, yes. I mean, there has to be balance through the supply chain. You know, everyone has to be um, earning. Um, and obviously, our role as 
exporters or whatever we do in the supply chain is to you know drive efficiency through the supply chain as be as efficient as we can um, to ensure that we can bring that value in the supply chain to producers and that's and then are you and willing then, to put a number on it though no okay that's all right <laughs> no, I mean I mean yeah, obviously it's it's well below where we are today it depends on currency depends on fuel price depends on where we're at Understood. in the world Understood. so it's hard to say you know, what that number is. But at the end of the day, producers need to make money, you know, otherwise we don't have a supply. So it has to be balanced. Does anyone have any thoughts on potentially what governments could do to help in this story? Yeah, I've always got some thoughts on the government. Um, (laughs) I think they can not over-regulate the live export trade, particularly the one out of Darwin to Southeast Asia, because I think we um, honestly got caught up a little bit with the Awasi and some of the sheep and the um, the the ASIL review that followed um, was was um, was was very onerous, I think, and and and, and, and over duplication and a lot of stuff on a very very good trade. I mean, I can only I'm, I'm sure Austrex will be the same. But we've our last nine consignments to Indonesia, we haven't had a single mortality. We're getting weight gains on every second one. It's a, it's a it's a, a truly great trade but they're already talking about putting independent observers back on ships again which cost us thirty thousand dollars um and and then things like that on a trade that's that's very good so uh, we need a we need a regulator the government's very important to the trade um and we've I, i must say that the last couple of days we've had a very senior delegation up from canberra who have listened spoken to us individually as exporters and as an industry and and have listened and i think we're on the right track You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.